Hi there, Edna. And uh, could you tell us what actually got you into science in the first place? Hi, Akash. Um, thanks for having me. Um, so I don't think there was one specific moment where I just really suddenly got interested. It probably was a combination of good teachers in school and also home environment as well. I was, I'm between two brothers who were quite sciencey and mathsy. So growing up, they were quite into inventing and yeah. making things. So. Um, and actually, my older brother, Kevin, got a chemistry set for his birthday once. I remember him doing the experiments yeah. and, uh, you know, he probably gave me the leftovers, yeah. so, which I which I then went ahead and did. Um, so I, I just thought probably I didn't understand much of it at the time, yeah. but I, I thought it was kind of fascinating to be able to take these materials and make something new or look at colour changes and, and so forth. Um, also, he set up uh, a distillation system. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he was quite inventive. <laughs> he went on to do engineering, but yeah. um, so we made uh, it's an alcohol called Pachine. I don't know if you've heard oh, of yes. it. Yeah. yeah, so it was illegal, heard, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't do a big no. scale. <laughs> so we just basically set up a, a, an apparatus, and you start with potatoes. Um, yeah. And it's basically the starch in the potatoes and the sugars are converted to, to ethanol. So I remember the, the liquid dripping down and we, we were able to collect some of it, yeah. you know, and then obviously taste it. That's it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of was, a, you know, it was interesting just to see the transformation from, you know, food just, to, yeah. to, to alcohol. I suppose in school I did chemistry and biology up to the Leaving Cert. I had a great, great chemistry teacher, quite kind of eccentric, and she was really into the experiments um, yeah. and the lab. And, you know, it was nice to go from the classroom into the lab environment as yeah. well to, to get kind of a bit more hands-on. I love biology too, and I was interested in kind of physiology and the, how the yeah. body worked, you know, which is, which is fantastic. Really, really yeah. yeah, really cool. So I was kind of that way orientated. I did, yeah. I did like the idea of doing nursing at one point as well. Um, and I also had physiotherapy kind of yeah. on my radar. With the biology <laughs> and the chemistry makes it be really handy. Exactly. Just going into this, especially with what you're doing with census and stuff like yes, that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's interesting that like that kind of interdisciplinary area would have stayed with me probably yeah. uh, all the way through. So then going on to, to college, um, my brother went to UCD to do engineering. So um, I decided not to go to UCD. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I looked at... DC, DCU, I don't know really why, but yeah. Dublin City University, there was a analytical uh, chemistry course yeah. there, which um, seemed to be interesting. It also had a work placement, so that's, Ooh, yeah. which was good, and that was different to, to UCD, I think, at the yeah, time. Think, so, yeah. yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great, great place to study. It was quite small at that time, so yeah, you could that, yeah. get to know people, and it was, you know, kind of a nice, nice right. class all the way up. And I suppose we've got a good, solid foundation in the kind of chemistry, the inorganic, organic, physical, but the analytical kind of connects all of that, you know, so yeah. it underpins a lot of a lot of that. So I was really interested in the measurement and detection and yeah. being able to quantify things. Yeah. So that was it was a great course. I, yeah. I, I loved it. Um, and then in third year, we had the placement. So I went to the UK for um, six months. Oh, OK. Yeah. So we did a, had a kind of a placement in a a lab that was doing monitoring for um, government actually for foodstuffs yeah. so they were looking okay. at residues pesticide oh, residues right, yeah. yeah so they, they were kind of controlling regulating that the spraying of, of pesticides on food crops yeah so what was your um, like placement like just to 
It was great, yeah. It was in it was north north of London, um, and I got experience on. It was mas- mostly based on gas chromatography, mm, yeah. mass spec. So that was yeah. the kind of the technique that, that they used. But it was huge, yeah. huge, hugely powerful technique. Yeah. You know, um, uh, but to be able to go from a very complex, say, food stuff like I say, we were looking at strawberries a lot of the time in, yeah. in the summer, um, and extract and get down to this, you know, tiny sample that went into the GC mass spec. And then being able to quantify, you know, complex like, number yeah. of pesticides and residues. That yeah, that's really interesting, especially. So, yeah. yeah, so it really kind of was a very real uh, application of yeah. analytical science and um, yeah, enjoyed it. Um, and then I came back and then we did fourth year and the way in DCU at that time, the, we did our finals in March and then yeah. you, was, you had a three month block in the lab for final year project. So yeah. it was good. You'd kind of nine yeah, to five like to, yeah. every day, you know. So it was it was great for three months. So you kind of really got got into got stuck into something, and I suppose that's where the electrochemistry came in. Yeah. Then that's kind of where I I started to to work in that area, and I had done a f- third year project in organic, which which I really liked actually. But the electrochemistry, yeah, it was something about it. I love the just the combination of the physical yeah, chemistry, both of the biology, and also chemistry. Exactly, correct. yeah. Exactly. So and then that kind of led on to the yeah. PhD with the same supervisor. So I kind of knew then, I, you know, research was so I definitely was hooked at that stage. Yeah. Um, was there a particular part of like chemistry, biology, you found like kind of difficult, especially in like college, let's say? Yeah. Well, I suppose I hadn't done physics for the yeah. research, so we and because the. The degree I did was very much on the measurement instrumentation. Yeah. We did we did electronics, a good bit of electronics and physics and solid state physics, which I liked. But I thought I found the electronics a bit difficult. I mean, it probably wasn't that hard at the time. It was basic. Um, the jump between I think chemistry and physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. probably um, that was in second year. I think we had done. We did some of that. Probably that was yeah. Maybe some of the biochemistry yeah. as well. Um, I'm trying to memorize a lot of those. Even now, yeah, it's, it's tough. tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the. Most of your time in the college, yeah. Yeah. Your course, yeah. Um, was there like a person that actually inspired you to get down the path that you're headed now? Um, well, I met my chem- my school chemistry yeah. teacher recently, actually. Um, yeah. So, and she was always I was you know I used to bump into her all the time. So. And she was, yeah, she was really keen, you know, because she had kind of heard maybe that I went on to do a PhD yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, probably would tie back to, to her and my supervisor in, in DCU as well um, that I had for fourth year project, yeah. um, Professor Malcolm Smith. He then supervised me for a PhD. So yeah. definitely those, yeah, he, he would have been the more more recent um, person that set yeah. me on that path. So um, what was your actual thesis on your PhD? On yeah, so this is where I suppose uh, I went into the area of biosensors. Yeah. So these are devices where you, you're doing, a, they're analytical, so you're, you're testing for something and you're combining a kind of a physical surface like that's conducting yeah. and you're putting a biomolecule onto oh. it. So that biomolecule could be an enzyme or it could be an antibody yeah. or it could be DNA, for example. Um, and that's really, you're, you're taking advantage then of the selectivity of that component. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to link it then maybe chemically, tether yeah. it to the surface. So it's a really cool area because you have literally, you know, physics, chemistry, and biology coming, all mixed together, coming yeah. together. Yeah, you um, need to know about it. Yeah. You need to know a little bit about, well, a lot about yeah. each one. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, what would be the application for that? Like just in general as well, like what would you test stuff on that? Yeah, well, I suppose the, the most well-known application is um, for diabetics, people who yeah. are... Um, 
would need to test their glucose, yeah. so they so they would use a biosensor essentially. Yeah. It's a little on a little strip, so it has an enzyme um, which breaks down the glucose, and you produce a product which is electrochemically detected. So essentially, yeah. you're grabbing electrons from it, and it's those electrons then are providing you with the, the signal. Yeah. So it's probably the most successful commercial biosensor yeah. that's out there. Um, but there's a whole world of them, yeah. um, and and during my PhD, I would have we would have looked at small molecule detection, different yeah. drug drug types. Um, we looked at some pharmacokinetics as well, um, yeah. so you can use it to monitor, you know, excretion and, yeah. and look at metabolites. I would have used during my PhD particularly. I suppose the focus, the biological bit, would have been mostly enzymes um, and some antibodies as well. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the challenge is keeping these biomolecules active and yeah. stable on the surface. Well, yeah, I'd imagine um, there'd be like a lot of science going into there yeah. just to like keep them, keeping them like alive till then. Because I know they're like after you like analyze them, they don't like last very long. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you need to be able to make sure they have that good, stable environment yeah. that, that they want. Yeah. And once you put them onto solid supports as well, the the activity can change. Yeah. You know, so um, so yeah, there's a lot of you know kind of interesting materials that you can use to do it. that. Yeah, yeah. Just from biology, chemistry, and everything. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's really, and I, I suppose what's really fascinating is these are kind of bio. It's called bio inspired. Yeah. You know, nature has evolved to 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 produce yeah. these proteins. Nature, yeah. Yeah. Just exactly. To ask you just because on we're on the PhD topic, how was your experience during the PhD? Um, it was really great looking back. You know, I suppose yeah. I had a had a good supervisor. Now he was he did give me a, a free reign. Uh, I remember at the beginning, and I yeah. had to kind of get my head around oh. into, into the papers and the yeah. literature. So it probably meant felt that you know to be a bit of a challenge at the beginning. Yeah. You know, you really have to yeah, go like, reading and yeah. find your you know some ideas from yeah. from the literature. Um, but as part of it, I went to uh, the US. So I spent a, a year in the US. Yeah. I got a kind of a, a, it's called a Fulbright. So there was some funding behind it. Um, so I went to New Mexico. Um, okay. So it was New Mexico State University. Yeah. And there was a link there between DCU and um, Professor Joe Wang yeah. at the time. That's so cool. I had a great, great time. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and it was quite a productive lab. So I got papers okay, out of it. Yeah. yeah so I, I, a lot of um, a lot of work there, <laughs> well, you know, with quite an intense yeah. time, but but um, great yeah. part of the world to see as well. Yeah. You know, an interesting part. It was just on the border of New Mexico and Mexico. Yeah. So you okay, could so kind of people. traveled around Texas yeah. and Arizona. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. You must have like picked up a few skills and stuff from that. If you had to put a class one that was like the most important during your PhD, which one would it be like just? Um, I think I suppose everybody's kind of unique experience, but I think you you, you kind of learn quickly to be kind of confident in the lab yeah. and and to to have you know not be afraid to try yeah. things out and to, to to build that initiative you know which yeah. doesn't come exactly, easily you yeah. have to kind of you have to kind of get confident but um, I think the initiative and also being able to not be afraid of you know trying different things different things like that, yeah. yeah yeah and and hitting the the, the literature and also bouncing ideas off people and I would have had great um, yeah. colleagues that time in New Mexico particularly where we, there was a lot of postdocs yeah. at the time which which would oh, okay. you know would, would be there to help um, so you really it's the environment can really make yeah. things can be a big yeah. big factor really but it's a very um, it's a great it's a great experience it's very different for everybody yeah. you know so so I think um, it's a great time of yeah. your your life as well you know and it's probably 
something you look back on and think, yeah, th- that that experience that, yeah. was was brilliant, you know. And I think to go away during it is actually nice, a nice, it's a nice thing to do. It's a lot of levels of like independence as well. Definitely you're working on your Definitely. own. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You do. Um, and you have to adapt to a new, um, new lab and new people, and you know, there's all that kind of extra. Yeah. Th- stuff going on as well, you know. Yeah. And then you have to write it, and you have to oh, write yeah. papers, so you become. And I think that's why, if you're good at, if you're into reading it, reading literature and reading papers, you know, it does help. Then the kind of technical language, exactly, yeah. you know, you kind of get familiar with how things are written. Um, and that's a part that pe- yeah. people can struggle with. I know my own yeah. students would struggle sometimes yeah, with that part. The two, yeah, yeah. Because I think there is a big jump between like undergrad to like PhD students, because well. like all of this is just like kind of fed to you. Yes. But when you're in do actually doing your PhD, you're kind of just on your own, be like, all right, yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, you're not. To- yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not totally, but like <laughs> yeah. for the most part, you are. It's a different level. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, and you have to yeah you you kind of yeah get into it and and but i mean you're guided in like i yeah. you know I, I actually really enjoy that one of my probably favorite parts of the job is working with you know students coming out from uh undergraduate degree yeah. you know and then just getting that kind of training and seeing yeah. them blossom in it exactly, you know and really yeah. get into it and get into yeah. the area and then over the years become independent yeah. and and um, yeah. confident and definitely builds up a lot of confidence i'd say yeah yeah, and Absolutely. it's uh, so it's a great it's a great thing to do, and it's um, it, it's uh, and I definitely enjoyed the supervision. Um, yeah. Um, and I would have had master from master's students to PhDs to postdocs over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're you know everything is they're all at different stages and, and different um, different challenges, but yeah. it's 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 great. Yeah. It's a great adventure, I'd say so. Yeah. Good advent- adventure. That's yeah, the that's the best way. <laughs> yeah. What's the research you're doing now? I think. Every yeah. Day? Um. Well, I suppose there's a couple of a couple of areas, and you know, when I just going back to the PhD, I got yeah. into the kind of the health end of you know yeah. biomedical testing, and I, I went on and did a postdoc in in a hospital, Saint Vincent's Hospital. Oh, yeah. So it was even more in that kind of health yeah. area. Um, but then when I I went to IT Tala, which is now the Technological University of Dublin, um, and during that time I kind of would have stayed in the health area yeah. quite a bit. So it was very much diagnostics. But at the moment, what I'm doing, we're looking at, we're still looking at kind of devices that are available to do rapid analytical testing yeah. on site. So one project um, is uh, looking at sugars in a in a process, so it's process yeah. monitoring. So it's within a an industry or yeah. with an industry partner. So they're interested in monitoring a process, and looking at um, how biosensors can take samples yeah. out and do that test on site. Yeah. So it's really taking these devices out of the lab, and that's where the over the years I suppose I would have kind of moved towards that kind of yeah. trying to yeah. at least get so to where you can do the test there oh, and then. Yeah. So just taking it from like lab to like a business setting as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and we've been doing it with this with this device. Um, we've had good success with it. Yeah. The the challenge is the the complication of well the complexity of the the matrix yeah. that you're testing in. So, oh, you yeah. know, you can imagine you have a, a surface with a biological, yeah. you know, biomolecule and you have to kind of pre- make sure it's active and happy. Yeah. You have to protect it from... It's quite hard to like put that in like a hospital setting and such. Yeah. Yeah. Just to yeah, maintain it there. Exactly. And also to make sure that the sample doesn't, you know, affect it. The signal, you know, you want yeah. to get the maximum signal out there. Um, so there's ways by which we have to address that. You know, you yeah. can, um, when we do the, these types of sensors, we... we operate at a certain energy so we basically hold the electrode at a fixed yeah. voltage often and we can do we can do different techniques but that's one of them 
So what you can do is, you know, try and build in some chemical catalysts yeah. that, that enhance the signaling between the biomolecule and your electrode. Yeah. And you can kind of push the energy you need lower. And this region then is kind of helpful because it's yeah. away from the background effects exactly, that you get. Yeah. Um, so there's a way to kind of tune the sensitivity and the selectivity. That's um, and that's kind of where a lot of the chemistry comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one area. And, and hopefully that will continue. It's kind of in the food, food area. And then another one is we're looking at hormones in milk. Oh. So looking at progesterone and other hormones um, and looking at a kind of a, an ELISA, which is kind of very established in enzyme linked immunosorbent assays. So it uses antibodies and yeah. binds antigens. So the idea is to take these kind of reagents and again make an electrochemical sensor yeah. from 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 that kind of model system. Um, again, now looking at milk, you have a yeah. complex matrix yeah. as well. So we've got you know. some some challenges there, but um, but that's going well, and that's kind of where some of the nano. I've been interested in the materials end of things as well, yeah. um, and we've been making gold nanoparticles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then kind of coupling a, a, a progesterone conjugate um, or derivative sorry uh, around the gold and then using that as a kind of a signaling element yeah Yeah, so there's that project you know the student actually she's been kind of challenged to work in the antibody area immunosensing material science and the electrochemistry so you'd have to be like dabbling in all of it yeah yeah and she's you you need to be have a a good understanding of everything and it it comes together then in, in one system and then the third area at the moment is is a little bit different. It's in forensics. So okay, we've got yeah, a, yeah we've got a forensics project with um, the lab in in Phoenix Park, just through a collaborator there. They were talking. We were talking in general, mm-hmm. and they were coming up with some ideas. And electrochemistry in forensics is is really only starting to yeah. kind of get established, where people might be doing rapid tests on site, you know, at a crime yeah. scene. So what they do at the moment is they take samples you know usually back to the lab and they do things like SEM for yeah. residue firearm residue um, and they use chromatography as well for things like explosives and um, the organic fraction of the propellant okay. so what we've been looking at is trying to do some electrochemical detection on the organic residues and also look at the metals that are okay. produced from from the firearm so these are they're at very low levels yeah. and you need to be able to detect the okay, two of them yeah. together and that's what they were really uh, interested in being yeah. able to kind of have a very solid confirmatory test that would identify you know maybe link a, a weapon to a crime scene or a person to a crime scene oh, yeah. um, so really yeah really interesting um, area but but challenging as yeah. well and we have to kind of think about how to extract the sample and you know get it into the form in which it needs to be and deliver it to the to the sensing surface yeah. um, so it kind of brings in a little bit of the, the f- what we call fluidics or microfluidics yeah. as well you may have heard of that area yeah. so, so you're kind of transporting your your sample maybe manipulating it or filtering it and then introducing it to the active area okay, yeah. and then it's ready to to, to be processed okay, yeah. Um, so yeah so it's it, does, it does sound difficult like the whole process between linking it and actually like you know linking the actual residue to the mm-hmm. to the weapon and also then to the person yes yeah so would there be like a lot of um we've done recently like dna fingerprinting and such would that also like pay into it like the actual looking at the dna part of they that do well? yeah so now i I, I, I haven't been involved in that but that's a huge yeah. part of uh, forensics now yeah. and a huge world yeah and all the dna testing has evolved very very quickly to address that but 
I suppose the, this is more like chemical evidence. Okay, yeah. yeah rather than the, yeah, um, it's uh, the extraction. I suppose in terms of getting yeah. the sample is a, like you say is a big part okay, of it. Yeah. yeah, and often that's where a lot of the errors come in and yeah. the problems start. You so know. would you have to work with like a lot of different researchers as well, like in different expertise rather than just like electrochemical. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody kind of so you have to kind of keep an eye to yeah. you know getting some help when we need to because mm-hmm. nobody can be yeah <laughs> you know, there's a broad area and it is brilliant to work with other people so I've always yeah collaborated with yeah. people either um when I was in IT Tala and and here as well um so for example we've a, a third year spur project now myself and um, one of the inorganic yeah. chemists to to look at some um interactions between some copper phenantrolene compounds yeah. um, and um, nucleic acids so to yeah. have a look at those because some of the nucleic acids uh, base pairs are electroactive themselves oh, okay. so you can kind of look at yeah. their electrochemistry and then the impact of the 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 binding and the effect of the binding oh, cool. so but yeah yeah definitely um collaboration you know and it's kind of a nice yeah. part of the job because you get to you know we get to go to yeah. present at conferences and Traveling travel yeah. yeah yeah where possible yeah. and you kind of have to, to keep up with the area to yeah. see what's what's happening and also to, to write proposals and grants you yeah. usually would need a partner and a, a number yeah. of partners so you know one of my favorite parts of the job really is that kind of working with people from yeah abroad or, or, or here as well it just opens up new ideas new labs you yeah. know new new kind of things that you never thought of yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's a, a yeah. great part of doing research i think yeah, but that sounds like quite time consuming as well. And which, how would you find like that balance between like lectures and also like just working as well? With yeah, the research? yeah, I think everybody finds it tricky at times yeah. in semester time. You, you're, you know, if you're teaching, you kind of yeah. have to be in the zone and, and stay with that and prepare and have everything and the assessments and so forth. So it is, yeah, juggle. And then we'd have fourth year lab students and we'd have, um, but you might still have proposal yeah. deadlines coming in as well. So you really are, you're split yeah. across, yeah, you're split between the two. teaching and then trying to keep up with even reading papers yeah. and um, and supervising students, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but what's nice about it, I suppose, is that it's very varied, you know, yeah. you don't have, you're not just you're doing, not doing one, one thing, thing yeah. <laughs> definitely not, no. That'd be just, that'd be a really ideal for work, you know, you're yeah. not actually like just stuck doing the same thing absolutely no there's never it's one never boring day never boring no no you don't know what's going to happen as well because in research like everything you're doing is new so you don't know what's going to come down it's like just an expansive like yeah area right now yeah and also i think it's good to connect the research with the teaching so that yeah that does that'd be good um yeah and it kind of brings in you know ideas into you know especially at fourth year level which a lot of the time we kind of talk about papers anyway so it is it's it's good to be able to kind of be up to date on on all of that that'd be like Um, the big difference between like secondary school and like university everything will be like immediate yeah. you know they have like the latest information rather yes. than just like you know it's from a textbook that's right it's actually from papers that yeah, are just out now yeah yeah but you have to go through so yeah. so much knowledge I suppose is needed yeah. you know to get into that depth you know yeah. and, and, and that's that kind of um, process that you yeah, go through experience. as a degree you know and then by fourth year say fourth year students would do you know research projects yeah. with us so you're really into a niche area exactly, then yeah. and you're building on the skills that you've learned over Along the years the way, yeah. yeah but it's a uh, it's a bit of a process. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what would you say the area of chemistry that you're excited by the most right now? Like the um, most expansive. 
Yeah, I suppose there's a lot going on. It's actually hard to keep up with it. Um, yeah. I think in the area of you know the this internet of things, yeah, whatever, that 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 and this connectivity, and the kind of the the IT explosion, yeah. you know, um, there's a there's a huge challenge for chemical and biosensing to keep up with that, exactly, you know, yeah. and to be able to have, you know, devices, wearable devices or um, yeah. home testing that can be part of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. monitoring or in in the health or or maybe physical monitors. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a big area, and I've been reading some papers. You know, where they're even looking at you know in the area of automation and robotics. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, looking at robots with with chemical sensors on their fingertips, so they put a finger into the food to do a test. Okay, you know, so yeah. this this type of you know advancing the you know the the testing capacity or yeah. abilities of of, of yeah the, yeah there is definitely a technology boom so yes, like you have yeah, to like absolutely. chemistry models you have to like keep up with all, the, yeah. all the advances there yes exactly trying. yeah but often the I mean that can be it can be quite challenging though to do yeah. to to especially any type of bio clinical sample testing yeah. and and the idea is that it would it should be for the person non invasive yeah. so you don't want to be sticking <laughs> needles or yeah. yeah so it's a lot of um, work with you know say smart contact lenses which would look at tear um as a sample yeah. or um patches which would you know look at perspiration yeah. so these types of non-invasive yeah. sensing is it, it can be very complicated but i think all everything around them in terms everything around it in terms of the signaling um and technology has yeah. got to the point where now you know there's huge opportunities exactly, there i think yeah, yeah. it's every it's open road now yeah um, I know you've been the uh, visiting professor of Cape Town now recently, and could you tell us a uh, ex- experience between that? Yeah, so um, I suppose it goes back to a collaborator I would have worked with over the years um, yeah. from DCU, and he yeah. worked around the world, and then he ended up in Cape Town. Um, so about five years ago, I think he just asked me to apply to these positions they have, yeah. kind of a visiting position, and um, yeah, so I got that for a three-year term, and what it involves is, you know, we need. To we work together. We've yeah. been doing that anyway, and we try and get some outputs, um, some papers, and we do joint um, projects. And we've um, we've had postgrads from Cape Town um, in my lab yeah. uh, when I was in Tala, and I sent some of my postgrads down okay, there. Yeah. So we had a kind of an exchange of, oh, of students. Right. Yeah, and that was that was great. Um, and I also go down maybe every two years to do some teaching. They have a a nanoscience masters yeah. taught masters. Yeah, so. Pretty inexperienced, yeah. No, I love it. Great city, yeah. Yeah, great place to visit. Um, lovely people, really yeah. positive, and you know, just very interesting to see how the yeah. department works and uh, very welcoming yeah. place. So, I always definitely, I, yeah. definitely enjoy it, and um, we've, it's been it's been great, yeah. So, yeah. hopefully, that'll so, continue. Yeah, um, um, you've also worked in the Mary Curie projects, which is something kind of like similar to that, where we have like different expertise coming from like different countries yeah. abroad to like Ireland to work with and you can like you know work together in different projects and stuff could Absolutely. you explain yeah yeah no that was that was great that was a, a, re- a project that recently finished up it's a it's called Marie Curie um, Human Capital Mobilities oh, okay. so they fund people to travel yeah. students postgrads postdocs um, so we built a consortium of, yeah. of con- partners in different countries and then the idea was that people would send students to different labs for a period of time, yeah. maybe three months or six months or, or longer. I was kind of coordinating it and the logistics of it yeah. were a bit tricky <laughs> at times, but it was a great experience, actually. Yeah. yeah, and I got to know a lot of people. 
So we had partners within Europe and we had partners outside of Europe. Okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of traveling and um, a lot of a lot of outputs actually in terms yeah. of publications as well. So it um, definitely opened up the door for collaborators. South yeah. Africa were, were part of it. So we there was a lot of activity from Cape Town yeah. to, to, to European partners and back. Yeah. Um, everybody wanted to go to Cape yeah. Town. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so so um, still in touch with a lot of the people yeah. on that. Um, and you know, it's a nice, it's yeah. a, a lovely part of the job. And you can, exactly. you know, we, we organised some events throughout that period as well. It was four years. So we had three kind of symposiums, workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was quite bi- a big one that finished um, the project. So it was great to to, to yeah. have those and to be part of exactly, be yeah. part of it. Yeah, Something, yeah. What was it like just working with different personalities and like different expertise just coming together? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the way we wrote the proposal was there was there was some commonality because yeah. the areas overlapped, but you know there may have been somebody who was an expert in um, biomaterials called aptamers, so she mm-hmm. was able to her lab was yeah. developing these and providing them as a detection system. Yeah, no, I mean, for the for the most part, I suppose that was part of it, being yeah. able to, you know, manage the cultural and language yeah. um, challenges Ooh, yeah. as well. But I suppose, you know, science is kind of is international, yeah. so we all have the same, you know, people same the unit, same, same, same problem. Yeah, yeah. same problems even and same challenges. So it kind of transcends yeah. borders. <laughs> There's like a level of camaraderie. Yes, exactly, like shop, yeah. exactly. And actually it is lovely to be part of a kind of a group, community. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're, you're as a scientist, you're... You speak the same language exactly, really yeah. as somebody in China or Russia yeah. because you know the, the yeah, science doesn't change. It's get it's a different perspective as well, just to like know yeah. what it's like over there. Definitely, than, yeah. and I think that was great. What the students and the postdocs who travelled, you know, they mm. all just like I would have gone away yeah. during my PhD. It's something you you do definitely. Mem- you yeah. know, you have a good memory of it, and you you've good memories of the people you meet because all that's so important yeah. when you're away. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that as well. So. Yeah, they 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 good good opportunity. Yeah. So, was the Cape Town uh, Ireland link was yeah involved. You know yeah. some some exchanges back and forth. Sometimes the, the exchanges were quite short, so we had a lot to yeah. do in a small time. But yeah, it tough. Then, but, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah I think it. challenging makes it a bit more tougher or better experience overall as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I suppose we're always trying to get get in funding and in research. That's always the, oh, yeah, the that's a challenge and. You know, if you have good collaborators, and you can go for it, opens up opportunities then to go for areas that you know, like within European funding yeah. or, or other funding opportunities. Um, if you've got the right team together, it's yeah. it, it can be, you can have a stronger chance. So, what was the main thing you would take back from that experience, just overall? Um, I probably became a bit. I probably became quite efficient with administration (laughs) because a lot of it actually was the coordination of it was you had to be very good organized so i became more organized definitely out of um there was a i suppose you really have to look after the people Mm -hmm. traveling as well you know you have students you have a responsibility to send them out organize their visa their accommodation um have them set up and at the other end that has to be done you know, so yeah. so it wasn't as simple as just telling someone yeah, to get on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so there was you, you, it was all about taking care of the the people, making sure yeah. at least then they were in the right setup, and the then they can time, go on yeah. and do the work. You know, yeah. so if you don't have that right, yeah, you, the, you don't the have work, the gui- yeah, just need the guidelines at yeah, the start. Yeah, before you. 
So there, there, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Marie Curie fund a lot of different types of types of yeah. proposals and mobilities, and would have got in postdocs under that before as well. Yeah, o- over a longer period. Yeah. Um. So it's somebody from, from China and somebody from India as well yeah. for two years each. So they were they were great and they're they're well funded. So they're, there's yeah. a, there's um, good funding associated with them and they're they're kind of prestigious for the person as well. So they're mm-hmm. they're big, they're a nice grant to get. But they're all, it's like everybody would probably say the same. It's it's a tough environment yeah. to to you know. And with our jobs, we have to be doing other. We have so many other things to do. Yeah. You know, it sometimes can be hard to get the time to really sit, sit down, down and, and have a look at it. Yeah. yeah, and write good proposals. But that's yeah. that's the nature of it. Yeah, that's just the nature of the work. Yeah. Um. Thanks for your time, Edna. I know uh, you're very busy, <laughs> but uh. Yeah. I'll let you go now. Yeah. Thanks very much, Akash. Thanks for for having me, and thanks for organising these uh, podcasts. I think they're yeah. they're a great initiative. So well done to all involved. <laughs> Thank you. This episode was hosted and produced by Akash Atishan, edited by Amy Dugdale, with music by Sean Dowd and artwork by Orla Farley. If you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know on Twitter at Behind Lab MU or our Facebook at Behind the Lab Doors Podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in next month for another episode.